Professor Brian Brown's research shows that vulnerability fosters good emotional and mental health. It is a sign of courage. We become more resilient and brave when we embrace who we truly are and what we are feeling. The Vulnerable Scientist Podcast is a space for scientists to tell their honest and authentic stories. I am your host, Saranya Kerry, who happens to be a scientist, informal science communicator, and I help scientists create personal websites. If you want to support this show, go to www.patreon.com slash thevulnerablescientist. You can also follow this podcast on all social media platforms at TV Scientist Pod. There's another fellowship coming up, so mm-hmm. I have to work remote again for a few months. Okay. Yeah. Which 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 fellowship? Uh, this fellowship is also a policy fellowship by the Breakthrough Institute. Mm. They call it a Breakthrough Generation Fellowship. It's for what? So the idea is that Breakthrough the Breakthrough oh. Institute is a a policy research institute. Mm-hmm. They research on a variety of issues in science. They mm. call it ecomodernism, so they research on energy, mm. environment, food mm. and farming. So my case being uh, uh, with, ex- with a bit of experience in agriculture biotechnology, I'm in the food and farming section. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll be exposed to doing policy research in the food and farming sector. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's amazing. But it's, at least it's remote though. No, it's physical. It's physical. I I I have to be traveling to California for the fellowship. Wow. Yeah. I love I love that in science people travel. <laughs> do you love that? I do love. That. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> but this is policy and communications, really. I won't be seeing any any laboratory anywhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's still yeah. still science. That's yeah, still science. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Uh, so let's go to hey, why am I shouting? Let's go to the lows that you've experienced in your research, in your well, career path. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Before I, I, we go, I, I, go to that, I don't know. I feel like mm. I'm confused today. We didn't talk about mm. the biotechnology research that you're doing that you've submitted. Do you want to? I don't know. Say in brief what you are doing. So what I'm looking at is that. Uh, Rice, rice is a, a major staple crop, especially on the Asian continent. Okay. So one of the key key aspects in in, in boosting productivity mm. is ensuring these rice varieties are stress tolerant, especially for biotic stresses. Mm-hmm. So the kind of research I was doing, I was reviewing. What is uh, biotic stresses? A, a biotic, uh, I'd almost call them non-living stresses. These are things like. Salt, high levels of salt, oh. drought, drought, or high levels of water, you know, waterlogged areas. Mm. Or there could be minerals, you know, very all these metallic minerals in the soils mm. affecting rice. Could be very high or very low temperatures. So basically, anything that affects productivity that is not a living thing, mm. that's not a pest mm. caused, by, you know, a living caused stress, mm. it qualifies to be abiotic. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So you say something. So, uh, so I, I'm doing a review mm. of, of research on specifically looking at the proteome of the peroxisome mm. and how it helps and how it, and how it contributes to abiotic stress tolerance in rice. Mm. 
Yeah, so the, the whole idea is to identify the gaps in this research and make recommendations for further research in this. Uh, also, it's a review. It's not. It's a review. Yeah. Ah. It's not a lab. I'm a communications I, I, person, so. I should do that, man. <laughs> I should have done that. <laughs> By the way, I should have done that. Oh, man. And, and I think that's the advantage of deciding on where you want to see your career going. Because eh. I was like, yes, I want to do biotech, but mm. I'm policy and communications. Yeah, so you do something related to what where you're going to. Y- exactly. Wow, you, you're so fantastic, man. Thank you. Has someone ever said so many things good about you in a short time? <laughs> no one. <laughs> You're the first. <laughs> I think I'm high on sugar. I've not even taken sugar. I feel like I'm high on something. Anyway. Are you eating cake or ice cream? I didn't eat anything today, actually. That's the funny thing. So wow. I don't know why I'm so high. All right, so uh, now the, the research is a review and you're trying to figure out how to mm-hmm, to make the rice resistant to abiotic factors, right? Yes. Okay, great. Yeah. So what are the laws that you've experienced throughout your journey? Uh, well, uh, I think, I mean, let's call them the laws. Maybe, okay, the challenges. Challenges, uh, okay. All right, so it's the, all right. That's... Science communication is really, it's not really a new concept, only that it tends to be sometimes unclear, especially if your very first degree was in science. Mm-hmm. So so oftentimes you're not sure that you're, you're following the, the right path. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you feel like you're trying to beat a path and few people have walked. Mm. So almost at some point I feel like a freelancer. You know, when you're, when you're freelancing, you're almost never sure where the next gig is coming from. Yeah. So, <laughs> so there's always been that bit of it, which is why I always find it good to volunteer. Mm. You know, volunteering gets to keep me busy while I wait on the next, more or less the next gig. Mm. And oftentimes, lucky, lucky for me, that this volunteering has always paid off in the long run. Mm. So there has always been that period whereby yeah, I'm transiting between, between phases. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those periods are bad. For example, the pandemic, mm-hmm. the pandemic more or less put a stop to many communication activities. Mm-hmm. And I remember that time I had to I had to now switch to doing digital marketing. I have to do digital marketing mm. for like seven months. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I did a lot of digital marketing, a lot of it. But eventually, when, when things stabilized, uh, things before stabilized, they stabilized, I... how was it like <laughs> <laughs> moving from science to science communication and now dived into digital marketing? How was it? Well, uh, it wasn't really the challenging bit is delivering results, you know, because by digital marketing, I'm being judged by how many clients are buying into the business yes. at the end of the month. Yeah. So doing the, doing the digital bit of it was actually hard, but getting the results across the line, that's where the challenge is. Mm. Some months come and they are so dry. feel like you're doing all the right things. You're boosting, you're mm. copywriting, you're mm. doing all the things. Mm. But somehow, I think people aren't willing to spend. So it was, it was tough. The other thing was also the clients. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. People tend to think digital marketing is obvious. Okay, digital communications is obvious. Simply mm-hmm. because they can Facebook, they can WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. They feel like they understand all the risks. They can do digital, digital marketing. marketing. Yes. So, so when you charge them a premium, they feel like you're over-asking. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you're telling them this is the lowest market rate you can find. And they're like, no, that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yes, doing this, updating Facebook, updating Instagram. Like, there's a lot of work that goes into all, this whole thing. I've had to do lots of courses to get good at this. Because I had to train myself, I had to pay for some courses to do digital marketing, you know, to get professional at it. So the fact that people really weren't appreciating the value of how much time and effort I had to invest in this was really quite a bit of a challenge. My head is like this, like I'm just looking up and I'm just rolling my eyes that I'm just thinking... <laughs> Do you know, like, that's the struggle that I've had with digital marketing myself, like working yeah. with clients and people don't see it making sense. Like, why would you charge me this much to just yeah. post? Like, normally you just post, like, if you're not even being paid, you're just posting your own things and you're not being yeah. paid. So yeah. why would you ask for money to post? In my head, I'm usually rude in my head, though I don't even say it. I'm like, and why don't you post it yourself? Yeah, it's so easy, right? Yeah, why yeah. don't you post it yourself? <laughs> but anyway, there's a lot of work that goes into digital marketing that people really don't realize because you have yeah. to for it to be effective for you to actually have clients like conventions it's not like yeah. just getting because you can even get good yes you, you can you can get maybe engagement but yeah. there's no convention or there's little conversion sometimes sure. so converting it into money yeah is 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 uh is a lot of work people don't realize but it takes a lot of work because digital if, if you're a digital marketer this is how i say it like if you're a digital marketer there's no time that you're really off yeah, you know, you have to always be on online because there's someone who's yeah. commenting, there's someone who's messaging, they need a response, immediate response. And it's like you know. <laughs> it's, it's customer service all into <laughs> it's like common customer and, service on steroids, yeah? and, you, and you're serving multiple customers, because yes. like managing several accounts. It, it's it's <laughs> not like the customer service where you could you could just switch off the dashboard and be like, um. Yeah. I don't, I'm not taking calls. I'm going on a break. Yeah. That is like, it doesn't matter what time that someone messaged, you have to they expect respond. a response. Yeah. They expect a response for you to look good, yeah. for the company to look good. True. And I think one of the reasons I really left that gig mm. when things stabilized, at some point I felt like getting very good at it mm. meant being almost completely derailed from what I had chosen as my career path. Yeah. So at the very opportunity, I got to refocus my energy where I should focus the energy. I was like, okay, I think it, it was good while it lasted, but yeah. That is the same thing, the same reason why I don't do digital marketing right now. It's take, wow. It takes a lot of your energy yeah. um, and a lot of your time. Yeah. And this, you don't see... The value that comes with that time taken away from you, yeah. Especially what people really don't appreciate what you're doing. That's that's the most annoying part of it. But it 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 really takes so much of your time, and you can't really do anything else. Yeah. Yeah. 
Though, though it's flexible, like you can work from anywhere, whatever. True, true. But really, it's not flexible <laughs> in terms of your time. <laughs> yes. Mm. You can't we are not discouraging to offline people. for the whole day. Yeah, yeah, you can't. The way I love being offline, like I'm those people who is very active on social media. At the same time, I'm really not active on social media. I'm just, <laughs> there are days that I post. There are days that I schedule posts sometimes. Yeah. There are days that I, I, I'm like, I do not... My WhatsApp is off. I've, I've installed my WhatsApp. I've installed anything that sounds social media. It's just that YouTube, I can't install it. I don't know why I cannot uninstall YouTube. I should be able to uninstall YouTube from my phone. I don't know why. Anyway, that's I, I think it's, it's an inbuilt app. Yeah, it's an inbuilt app. But I'm yeah. like, I should have an option of not... Because ha- it's social media. I should have an option of not having this social media on my phone. Yeah. I'm already ranting. Yeah, so I, I'm those people who, you know, switches off social media, then chooses to come back for my own mental space, you know. Yeah. But digital marketing card does not allow that. But I'm not, like, we're not discouraging people from doing digital marketing. It's actually a good thing because it doesn't require a degree, really. Though yeah. they, sometimes people want that degree of communication. Yeah. But it's it, 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 it's skill. It's, it's a skill that you learn on the go if you're really interested into it. It's, it's something really good. So we're not discouraging that. Are we? Yeah. We are not. Okay. Uh-huh. So you went back to... Yeah, so after COVID, I went back to science communication. And mm. uh, thankfully, I haven't had to go back to digital marketing. Thankfully. <laughs> 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 yeah, because I'm assuming if if any such event happened again, mm. I would have to dig up my old skills. Yeah. <laughs> but there, there so, w- at least you have a backup skill, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-mm. True. And that's why really the, the, the current initiative you're working on in mm-hmm. Sinbayo, Africa, to ensure such events never happen again, or if they happen, you contain them at the earliest possible stage. I really, mm. I'm really so passionate about that mission. Mm. Yeah. That is the pandemic. That is what you're talking about. Yeah. So the thing is, uh, these pandemics have been categorized as global catastrophic biological risks. Mm-hmm. These events that have capacity to, you know, to grow over a large scale and cause very massive damage. Mm-hmm. So there are lo- efforts globally to ensure that each stakeholder is better prepared mm-hmm. to prevent that from happening or if, unfortunately, it happened, mm-hmm. to manage it better than we have the previous time. Okay. So we are engaging the policymakers, the, the lab people, the communicators, those mm-hmm. who work in biotech industries, the students, the civil society, mm. basically everyone who played their role and mm. who has a role to play in mm. if when this happens, yeah. Okay, great. Um, so what are the laws? This is a law that you're talking about when you... Add to the digital marketing. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Another one. Or you well, want to uh, go deep into that again? I don't know if I cut no, you no, off no, there. No, no, no. No, no, no. Hey, you, I think, I think you reviewed that, me so it. fast. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh-huh. That was it. You no, know, honestly, I, the only thing, the thing I loved about digital marketing was really back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, I always had that thing for startups. Mm-hmm. So, so interacting with guys who are working on their own businesses, mm-hmm. I, I loved seeing the passion. I, I loved seeing the thinking that goes into it, mm-hmm. working with them, addressing these challenges and all that. So. I was in that space. I loved it, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, you know what? I've decided I want to follow this kind of career path. So at the earliest possible, 
mm. opportunity, I'll mm. get back to it. Mm. So I, I still talk to my old clients because I really love that they're working on. Mm-hmm. I always want to follow up to see where they have reached now. Mm. Yeah, but uh, I'm also happy where I am now. Oh, that's amazing that you keep in touch because you really loved, you believed in their vision. Yeah. And the mission that they had with what they were doing with their yeah. business. That's amazing. And there are some who met me at the very start of their businesses. You know, they have no logo. They have no branding mm-hmm. guidelines. They have no nothing. They just know they want to make this kind of product. Mm. So I sit with them. Back in the day, oh, <laughs> I, I, I ran a group that mm-hmm. linked startup founders mm. to already accomplished business owners. Wow. I did that while I was, as an undergraduate. Though, you know, all these things are interesting, but every time you have to sit down and reevaluate, you're like, okay, this is good, but what do you want to do in the long run? Mm. But I'm, I'm, I'm trying to reignite that passion in the Bioeconomic Coalition because now my, my job, my mm. role is to connect specifically biotech startup founders mm-hmm. to people can, that can help their companies grow mm. to an economic viable stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's very important. Wow. I love that that's being done. Amen. Oh, God. Why did I say amen? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know, in, in science, that, that um, okay. So I'm part of this. I don't know. I'm trying to be part of this thing uh, where we're doing, um, we're trying to do biotechnology. Actually, it's biotechnology course for high school students. It's an yeah. international thing. Um, there's a Singapore school and there's a US school that has that in their curriculum. That there's no other school that has that in their curriculum. So there's this guy who's trying, who's trying to do that for Kenya. Yeah. But it's an international school. It's a home school, and he reached out to me to be part of that. And um, so in my head, I was like, okay, apart from research, apart from science communication, because those are the things that I really know. When it comes, it comes to biology related you know careers i was yeah. like but but the the company side of it like the, the entrepreneurship side of it i've been trying to reach out to people who do science entrepreneurship to bring onto the podcast to have just have a conversation about it because it's something that we especially the african setup like it's not something that is really being done like vibrantly like it's not very it's not, it's yeah. not a thing like a lot of people are doing and they're doing it to a certain extent, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I think my introduction to it was really in the U.S. Mm. In the U.S., they have so many biotech startups yeah. that, that now their worry is not about the companies. Their worry is about who is going to work in this company. Yeah. So they're now thinking of solving the labor gap. And I'm like, in Africa, most of all, we don't have the biotech startups. <laughs> exactly. We need to have them first. They're talking about how do we make people move from academia to industry. Exactly, you know. And here we are like, uh, what, what are you? What are you saying? You know, startups. Yeah, so. <laughs> but, but you know, luckily, luckily, one of the things I'm loving of late, I think, mm. I don't know if it's because of LinkedIn that mm-hmm. I'm now getting to identify other people on the continent who are mm-hmm. also thinking about the same things. Yeah, and we are trying to see figure how to out. Yeah. figure out how to address that. Do you know? I, now I'm, I'm I'm talking. Do you know Adrian? No. Adrian Losa is a is a is a scientist, postdoc level scientist, who 
who is now into full-on sales, managerial, the business side of things. And she has a podcast called African Biotech Conversations, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. And she okay. she brings uh, biotech startup people to have a conversation. You should, since you're already doing wow. that, wow, you should know rate. that, by the way. I'm going to look her up. Are you doing that right now? I feel like you're doing this right now. No, I'm t- I'm taking notes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking notes. Yeah, so I think she's one of the people who actually made me feel, oh, actually, it's it's something that is really happening. Yes, I knew it was happening, and but it's I, I didn't see the magnitude of it until yeah. I saw those conversations and I was like, okay, yeah, I think... I've undermined. It's happening. It's just that the funding issue that comes with. Yeah. So there are two things. One is funding. Mm-hmm. Two mm. is the kind that investors are willing to invest in. Uh, in, in. Investors are not yet very big on the advanced scale manufacturing. Yeah. We have like foundries churning out all these biotech products and mm-hmm. all this. Mm. Most of them are are funding this kind of either like. IT components in biotech, for example, like maybe sensors mm. or those monitoring devices, things that they feel probably are already understood by the market. So the and level, the, it's, it's, they don't want to risk it when it comes yes, to Yes, yes, exactly, yeah. And you're saying if, if you want to get to a point whereby the Africa's bioeconomy mm. is self-sufficient in terms of addressing things like the pandemics, mm. whereby we can manufacture our own vaccines, mm. we need to invest in hard biotech, whereby we have biofoundries mm-hmm. capable of manufacturing vaccines yeah. at a higher rate. Yeah. yeah. And that was very evident when it came to the COVID. Now it became a public discussion now. Like, yeah. okay, why is it that we are depending on another... Like... <laughs> Exactly. I love that people are so angry about it. Like, I'm yes, like, you've never thought about like you really don't think about science and how its contribution to your day to day life until COVID happened. Exactly. You've and, never and, thought and about it. And investing. we had to read that. We had to read that. I, I I ran a TikTok campaign around the same, trying to ensure we we get this fire on of how uh, people are, have become scientists of sorts. Yes. Explaining how vaccines work. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> So that makes sure you dive into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and 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 the public seeing the value of investing in that because if if, if the mm. public doesn't understand, especially the money part of it, the money yeah. part of a science related based a science based company or a science based startup, then they can't really think about even investing in that because we need people yeah. who are us who are investing in that, not. Outside people, yes, it's good they're investing, but we need more people who are who understand our issues to to be enthusiastic about it. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Sorry, I interrupted you. You're talking about. No, that's very good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I realize I think we we have had a lot of similarities in our career navigation, yeah. so these points keep coming up, uh-huh. and they are good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so you you're talking about um, the new fellowship. Then I interrupted you. You explaining that. Then we started talking about the startups. But before that, we were talking about the laws, digital marketing. Yeah. Well, so I think so far that has really been a major law that that pandemic period. Mm. 
Yeah, besides that, I think uh, things have been more or less stable. Okay. Yeah. Don't feel weird when I keep quiet for some time. I'm not. I don't have notes actually. Yeah, <laughs> I should be having notes or something. I think, but I don't. I I try to make my life easy by dividing the the topics so that I decide how to put them together. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, I love this conversation so far, and as much as you've said just one low. I am curious to know the highs that you've you've experienced. Yes, I feel like you've said them, but not as indicated them as they were the highs. But maybe I don't know anything that is science related, science communication related, uh, your career in, in general, or related to your career or your personal life, or anything that you'd like to share that is a high that brought positive emotions to your life. Well, I I, I think. Uh... One of the highs I have experienced, most of them actually have been in this last one year, mm-hmm. that uh, after this, after participating in the Jinko Fellowship, mm-hmm. it's like all of a sudden I, I became an expert on these matters, you know, I, I became a sought after expert. So mm. I, I started getting invitations to panel discussions, to conferences, to deliver presentations to the national gatherings mm-hmm. on matters to do with the bioeconomy and science communication. Mm-hmm. And so I've kind of, you know, moved along along that till now. Mm. Yeah. So one of the things, the very first thing that happened was to host the very first international synthetic biology conference in Africa. Mm-hmm. It was a three-day conference here, and I was a co-host with, along with a friend of mine, Ivy. Mm-hmm. Thereafter, I, I participated in a, a discussion on now shipping policies. Mm-hmm. And, and here we're trying to understand how we can make shipping policies more favorable, especially for researchers who want to access, like, import research inputs, for mm. example, reagents, uh, mm. equipment. Hey. So we wanted to, we wanted to develop... I, this yeah, sounds so, uh, like a church man. <laughs> I love that. I love. I love that. That's a very big problem. Yeah. So iGem, have you heard of iGem? I've seen it somewhere, but I've, I've never really thought about. Yeah, tell us. So, tell us. Uh, iGem is uh, in full. It's the international genetic engineering machine. Mm-hmm. So it's an international student competition, biotech student competition. Mm-hmm. So high school, undergraduate, and postgraduate students meet at a very huge gathering every year mm-hmm. and it presents genetic engineering innovative ideas mm-hmm. to a panel of judges then the winning teams i think they get funding and mm-hmm. and it's like we have investors mm-hmm. looking at this biggest uh biotech competition in the world mm-hmm. so they're always looking up for which ideas are Investment into, Yeah, into eh, investing. Wow, 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 yeah. wow. Uh-huh. So actually, Jinko Biox, the one I, I mentioned earlier, yeah, yeah. was started by an IGM team. You know, like these kids oh. at the undergraduates came up with these things and some of them became the co-founders of that company that's now responsible for more than 40% of synthetic biology globally. Wow. So this competition is really very amazing. So they, they organized that shipping policies idea the idea that they wanted uh, to develop like a map, like a resource mm-hmm. 
whereby a scientist anywhere on the globe, in case they want to know what kind of policies they'll interact with mm-hmm. as they're going about their research, they just go to this website, mm-hmm. look at uh, the customs involved, who do I apply to, where do I get the license, and also identifying the barriers, what can we do about them, who can mm-hmm. we talk to, so... And that was because still because of the fellowship. So as I told you, one of the highs was really becoming an expert on policy in mm. this space. Mm. Yeah. I feel like clapping. Who are these people who did that? Uh, I, I, the... I, IGM. No, no, no. Who, mm. who, who presented that to IGM? Uh, well, IGM has already a committee on biosafety and... So they reached out to me to join that panel. Oh, okay. From, I, I joined the team as, I would say, the African expert on this matter. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I don't know why you're smiling. You should be proud of that, though. <laughs> I'm very proud, but... <laughs> you feel weird. <laughs> exactly, you know. <laughs> I know. I feel like it's too early to be expert. I feel like no, I should wait for not. a PhD. But, no, uh, it's not. It's not. I'm it's thankful. Not. I'm really thankful yeah. that mm-hmm. uh, I get to be able to share my my thoughts on these platforms. Mm. So it was a team that, I'm trying to understand this, it was a team yeah. that presented their work on shipping? So the organizing, uh, the, they were trying to mobilize that resource. Mm. So they had a bit of panel discussion with with experts on policy. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so, so the, the IGEM team? Yes, yeah, so the, I, okay. the IGEM, it's a competition a competition of, of students, yeah. So, so they, I'm trying they to have, understand. They, they, they have they have a constant. Should I say like a management team uh-huh. formed up of all these committees? They have committees handling human practices, very safety, uh-huh. handling innovation, handling you know. Okay. But they are like the, part of the organizers. I would say the organizing team okay. of the competition. Yeah. All right. Uh-huh. So, so IGM has grown beyond the competition uh-huh. to now supporting the the whole synthetic biology community altogether. Mm-hmm. Reason being, this IGM has eventually ceased being students mm-hmm. and they become company owners. Mm-hmm. So they wanted a kind of way to keep supporting this growing community of synthetic biologists. Mm-hmm. So they keep coming up with programs to support these people in science communication, in investment, in policy, and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, I'm working with the steering group on science communication. So we are working, having projects aimed at supporting these scientists mm-hmm. on how they can communicate their science better. Okay. So at the time, uh, I was a policy consultant, policy expert on shipping policies. Mm-hmm. So my, my role was really to, to, to look at the case of Uganda and the case of Africa and how we are handling shipping mm-hmm. for biotech products mm-hmm. for the benefit of the rest of the, of the world working in science. Was there a question of how we can support Africa by having an African-based biotech manufacturing company? Well, uh, that is there. And actually, of late, uh, there's a lot of discussion on how we can have, like, should I call it dedicated effort mm-hmm. supporting the biotech sector in Africa? Mm-hmm. Actually, even Jinko Bioworks is working with Africa CDC mm. to develop the lab capacity Mm-hmm. to do some of the things here. Mm-hmm. So, IGM, Jinko uh, Bioworks, and Sinbio Africa, the community, they're really working around the clock to ensure that in the next few years, Africa is able to do most of the biotech 
on the continent and that's really our 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 goal wow yeah. uh-huh so what's the other high well the the, the other high is uh, the two fellowships uh, i've gotten the chance to be part of these are very competitive um mm-hmm. i'm interacting with people who are the best in their fields and you know you get in first person you almost feel like an imposter but then you're like okay you you're qualified to be here but <laughs> it's, 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 it's really a, a, a mixed feeling you know mm. and you look at the lineup of you now for example for Jinko Bioworks mm. uh, 2021 was the very first time they had the fellowship mm-hmm. So I, I got into the energy class. So now 2022, they advertised again. Mm. So now people who applied the previous year, in other words, the people who are competing against, mm. now come up to consult and I'm like, wow. You look at people's profiles and mm. feel like, these I guys are more qualified right than you. This? How do I? You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a very humbling experience mm. you know, to, to get to interact with these people who have done the things and you're like, wow. So the same thing with the Breakthrough Institute. I look at the, first of all, the alumni. I look at the other people I've, I'm going to be uh, studying studying with and the people I'm competing against. And you're like, wow. So it's really, those have been my highs, getting to, you know, to participate in these programs. I have a question. Yeah. I always have a question. I don't know why I said I have a question. Um, what, how did it feel... The first time that you got feedback that you had gotten the, the fellowship, the first fellowship. Well, I, I Do you remember? <laughs> I remember that time. I screamed. Wow. It, it, it was an evening and uh, no, normally chilling on the phone, you know, mm-hmm. and a message, an email message pops up. Mm-hmm. And you know how, how, how good news starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, please to inform me. Inform me. Yeah, yeah, they're like, Wow. <laughs> Did you finish the email? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was very interesting. It was very interesting. <laughs> I, 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 I first jumped around, read the email. I was like, "Wow, this is unbelievable!" Mm. I, and 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 what made really what made it been a more enriching experience? Mm-hmm. I got to interact with people who are really have done a lot of work in this space. Mm. Uh, the, the, the gentleman who. Who was in charge of uh, that department, policy and partnerships at Jinko? This, this was a, a gentleman with very rich experience in handling biotech policy. Mm-hmm. He was he, he was the guy behind this whole idea of the Covax facility that was donating vaccines to mm-hmm. Africa. Mm-hmm. He, he literally started What's the time, name? Uh, Ryan Mohad. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's director of policy and partnerships there. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Lily, all these guys are really amazing, and mm-hmm. and I think. The other thing that was interesting was how the kind of, you know, you're in a meeting and I address you like the African expert. Mm, so uh, it challenged me to, to always be on the top of matters. My game, your game. Like, oh, yes, because I was like, up to date. anytime a discussion comes up and you're discussing Africa, you have to know what they're talking about. Yeah. So, <laughs> so it was really good. And I think that kind of defined my policy thinking going forward. Mm. That now when I'm thinking of policy, I always want to know What's happening elsewhere? Mm. I'm now no longer thinking of Uganda. I'm thinking of now Africa. Actually, all, almost nowadays, all my policy 
my policy plans, my policy recommendations, mm-hmm. are now addressing Africa as a continent. Mm-hmm. Uganda still, but and I, I find the space at Simba Africa really very good for that. Mm-hmm. Because Simba Africa is aimed at growing the, the biotech and static biology space across the entire continent. Mm-hmm. When you're organizing workshops, conferences, you have to always ensure we are addressing the continent. Mm-hmm. You're supporting capacity on the continent. So that was really a very good experience to realize that these things don't affect just a country, mm. but the science we are really so passionate about mm. has, has spillovers to the rest of the world. So you always have to think about that. Mm. That if this goes wrong, what mm. will happen elsewhere? Not previously, biosecurity and biosafety was like a fiction. You watch all these movies of things escaping out of the lab and yeah. you're like, no, that can never happen. It, it, sounds, like, it sounds like horror or yes. it sounds like a sci-fi movie with exactly uh, you know like yeah. we're just watching something interesting it's not spicy but and, and you know Ryan was sharing his experience of how he was trying to get governments mm. to commit to having a response plan to mm. such events mm. and you know no people feel like it's a good idea but they feel like it's far-fetched you know mm. feel like there can't be something that can really bring happen. the entire world to its knees. It can't happen. Let me tell and you. Then, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And so when it eventually happened, I was like, I already told you guys, we mm-hmm. need to prepare for this. And luckily, at least he had thought about it. So you got to lead the COVAX facility and other related efforts. And mm-hmm. yeah, it was a bit of a good. That's discussion. a good discussion, really. Like that's a really yeah. good discussion because yes, yes, we're not hoping that um, someone will will not be. Yeah. We're not hoping that someone will make a mistake, but we need to be ready for that. You know, sure. when I was, <laughs> I was talking to my supervisor recently. Okay, well, she's, she was uh, suggesting to me. She was like, she's, she's actually very, um, so yes, I'm a master student at Ilri doing my project uh, where I'm looking for new vaccines for uh, bacterial pneumonia that affects cattle called CBVP. And for me to do that, I need to understand how the host interacts with the host. Uh, the host interacts with the host. The host interacts with the, the pathogen. The pathogen, of which the pathogen here is the bacteria, which is a mycoplasm, which is actually the one of the. It's the smallest. It, it belongs to the smallest class of living organisms that can be supported, uh, like the smallest bacteria. Yes, bacteria is small, but it's the smallest bacteria. Yeah, uh, it has the smallest genomes. It's, it's very difficult to work with, but the mycoplasma is interacting with the the cow. In the lungs, yeah. it's an immune disease. Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm I'm trying to figure out what happens there. So since it the immune response looks like it's a viral immune response instead of being a bacterial immune response, we're trying to understand what is happening there. So yeah. for me to do that, I'm creating mutants. So this yeah. is GMO, right? Yeah. But there are no policies in Kenya to 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 deal to with guide. that. Yes, yeah. to deal with that. So we're using. <laughs> Even when the biosafety people are coming, they're using the rules for animal GMO. Mm. And they're still not figuring out this is actually not animal GMO. It is bacteria that I'm creating that have just mutated and it's not going anywhere. I'm not even testing yeah. it on animals. I'm just using it to study the fundamentals of yeah. like trying to understand which gene is responsible for this. Yeah. How can we use this information to get a better vaccine? You know, it's it's yeah. very fundamental research. So when when you're having these discussions, uh, she was like, okay, and plus I I I recently won the 
the pitch to present your work in three minutes at Ilri, the captive challenge just recently. And yeah. um, she she knows that I really love science comics. She knows that I do podcasts. So she was like, hey, you, you are lucky. No, she didn't say that the way I'm saying it, but that's that was the way I... <laughs> that was the way, yeah, yeah that's, that's why I picked it. That you, you're mm. lucky that you can go into science. You, you're good in, in in science. You understand your science. You, you're passionate about it. She knows I'm very passionate about it. It frustrates me at, at times. And you can go into science. You can go into science communication. You can go into biosecurity. All these yeah. things. And if I was to do a mistake, and if I was to create a mutant that actually is not becomes infective, of which we are not. Hoping for that, it's not yeah. possible, really possible somehow. But if that's possible, it's 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 good. Like you have to be careful with how you handle the things that you're creating, you know, because you don't yeah. want to let that out of the lab. Even if it won't infect infect you, it might infect the the yeah, cows, you know. Yeah. 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 Other, other somewhere, whatever else. So, and I was having this discussion with someone who is from the the bus. Uh, he's a biosafety officer in Kenya. Um, and we were actually having a podcast on this, and we were discussing that. And he, we, he was thinking we should have, you know, a more a platform where we talk about this biosecurity, biosafety issues, and you know, just educate and let's have conversations around it. Because these are things I don't see really happening. People want don't want to see that. You know, that's possible. <laughs> they don't yeah. have that conversation, but it's a very good conversation to have. True. And I think because of this experience, I think now the policymakers are willing, are more willing to have that conversation. Mm. Mm. That's the, the only, I would say, the silver lining to this cloud of the pandemic. Mm. Having having now that listening ear yeah. as we discuss biosafety and biosecurity. Yes. I've actually just seen an email. I'm told now there's, which university is it? I think it's in Kenya. Mm. Which now has an undergraduate course on biosafety and biosecurity. Which one? Uh, is is this university in Kenya? Yeah, it is in Kenya. Masinde Muliro University oh. of Science and Technology. Most. Yes, Kakamega, Kenya. Yes. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And I was so happy as like, wow, now people are thinking yeah. progressively. Yeah. It's an undergraduate. Undergraduate. That was long overdue. Yeah. I'm just happy that this is finally of, here. I've never even had it's, such it, a course in Kenya. That's, that's a no, it's, it's new. It's new. Yeah. I think they've just launched. Mm. Yeah, and you're the and, first one to know. <laughs> and we're the first yeah. one to know here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm. They have launched and they're working with uh, the Foundation for the, the Biosafety Association, International Federation of mm. Biosafety something. And I think it will be a very good thing that we have this capacity being built locally. Mm. Yeah. 